and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Mike's hot. Cans on. Fan outside my door to prevent TMZ from eavesdropping on our hot, hot pod. <laughs> Buzzing, baby. We caught up with the spoof scoops and novelty songs, guys. <laughs> they had a hot take today on the Hungover Games. <laughs> they didn't like it. What voice is that? <laughs> hey, hang on here at TMZ. <laughs> you just made a new accent. No, this is Texic? Texas music? No, I think it's Texic. Everyone knows Texic, dude. He he moved from Texas to California to be yeah. a paparazzi, and now he's fucking, he's jamming on our butts. He's like, he's like, oh, these guys, it must be real easy to riff on a Hungover Games movie when you've never been hungover yourself. <laughs> Mr. Danon, Mr. Danon, can I get an exclusive interview with you? No, no. No pictures. No. No. Oh, come on. For, one for the camera, please. Uh, I can't turn down that southern charm. Oh, Mr. Danian, what was your opinion on Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Well, you'll have to stay tuned to find out, Texic. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Spoof Scoops and Novelty Sales. Oh, with our special guest, Texic. Oh, I love it when Marty finds an accent and just. Oh, just yeah butters it I can't on wait until, until we call back to this uh, i can't wait till we call back to this next episode and he does it completely differently yeah <laughs> i can't wait for kermit Hold to on. come on this episode yeah <laughs> hey it's me kermit <laughs> speaking of speaking of impressions oh, hey there guys it's me kermit kermit the frog uh, that's actually that's the best one you've done yet Welcome, welcome to Spoof Scoops Novelty Songs to the podcast, the podcast, the pivotal podcast about dumb shit. That's Marty and Scott. I'm Kelly. Before we get into it, let's just, everyone's got to get their peewee impression the heck out. You got to get it out because I know it's, I know it's, 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 um, what? I already did mine. <laughs> Texic was your peewee impression? Yeah, this is movie is called Texic's Big Adventure. Texic's Big Adventure. Uh, all right, all right, all right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I took a drink of water. I'm ready. I'm ready. That's a good, a good, good water drinking impression. All right, Marty, you go. Okay. Well, uh, Mister. <laughs> all right, I quit. This is my two weeks' notice, which means that by the time this right, episode, two out, more episodes. I'll be, oh no, shit! I'm, I'm not recording two more. Oh. We oh, record no. all of our episodes two weeks in advance, peeling back the curtain as we always do. Because we want to be anything but relevant. That's our goal. We want to be behind. We want to be two weeks behind always. Like, because we're reviewing spoof movies, and so you can never be totally topical. Otherwise, we review what spoof are you doing? movies that came out two decades ago, and we record them yes. two weeks in advance, and we just really like that number. Two. Feels good. Mm, it's good. Feels nice. All right. Scott and Kelly, you both owe me a Pee Wee Herman <laughs> There you go. That's it. Oh, that was good. Yeah. There you go. I know you are, Scott? but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? There. There you go. Kelly, bam. It's, like, it's not that hard. Just... That's right. This week we're reviewing Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a 1985 action-adventure road comedy film featuring the character Pee-wee Herman, portrayed by Paul Rubens. The film is about a man-child named Pee-wee Herman who, upon losing his bicycle, travels cross-country in search of it. Hold on. That that was Paul Rubens. We watched a movie. We what? He is credited. Pee Wee Herman plays himself in this movie, mm-hmm. according to the credits. Okay, so it wasn't Paul Rubens because I can't watch a movie yeah. with Paul Rubens in it. He's no, canceled. no, no. That's the character Paul Rubens' famous <laughs> wow. character wow. Pee Wee is he based went, on. He went to an adult theater. Watch pornography oh oh, and jack. We're getting, we're getting Jesus within the first. <laughs> I don't want to watch a movie with Paul quick. Rubens in it. How dare he watch porn? You know what I say. You know what my honest take is on this whole thing. It would what? be weird if he wasn't jerking off, right? I think the it same would be creepy thing. if he wasn't. Like, yeah. What do you do? Uh, yeah. If he was just sitting there uh, watching it like a, a fucking vampire. Yeah. 
That's like Googling, that's like going on Pornhub and looking at the missionary position genre. Like, that's fucked up. Right, and just like sitting in like a shirt and tie and slacks, like with your like hands face down on your lap. You're a fucking serial killer. most enjoyable. You're like a Michael Shannon character, you fucking freak. (laughs) Not like our guy Paul Rubens, who is a human being. (laughs) I'm on Paul Rubens' side. I'm sorry, there are much worse things you can do. This film is a pretty specific spoof of the Italian neorealist classic Bicycle Thieves and generally plays with various road trip movie tropes. Well, there goes Pee-wee oh. Herman. Oh. oh my god. Oh. I didn't know it was a spoof. <laughs> oh, I know. It is a spoof. I forgot about that. That it is technically There's a scene a where he uses thieves. a big rubber ear. I know. Yeah, there's We're a gonna whole get to it, scene Scott. in Art's Dart Mart, dude. Yes. <laughs> I'm not arguing against Pee Wee Herman. This movie was made for this podcast. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Pee Wee Herman was created by Rubens in 1977 as a stage character, eventually appearing in a 1981 HBO stage special after a few years of popping up in various TV specials and movies. After the success of this film, the character would be featured in his own TV series, Pee Wee's Playhouse, which ran from 1986 to 1991. The character was shelved in 1991 after Rubens' arrest, which we've already discussed. This movie was written by Paul Rubens, Phil Hartman, and Michael Vorhall, and was directed by Tim Burton in what was his featured directorial debut. Prior to this, he had mostly only done animated shorts. The film was a modest success, and le- but led to a long hits run of hits for Burton, some of which will be reviewed on this podcast. Pee-wee's influence as a character can be felt across pretty much everything. And like we've already been talking about, this kind of podcast straight up just, like, doesn't exist without Pee-wee Herman, this movie, his TV show. Like, the character had such an influence on comedy and even, like, specifically novelty things in general. Uh, It's a very influential character and movie. And it's time to talk about it. Gentlemen, what were your opinions? It was great. On Pee-wee's Next. Big Adventure? Who's got the song? <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the first time I had seen this movie, I did not love it. This time I was, I, it's truly thought what a, what a fucking awesome yeah, movie. What a fucking I didn't awesome realize movie. Tim Burton did it. So props mm-hmm. to him. He's got a bright yes. future ahead of him. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what this guy's going to do style. next. Or a dark future, am I right, guys? Yeah, it's a little sinister. Fucking Large Marge, she's scary as hell. Mm. Those, it's just like this director, he's like, a lot of directors I see, they're kind of like just straight up and down. This guy, he's a little twisted, you know what I mean? It's like he's taking the camera and he's tilting it. And then he's shooting from, like, a lower angle than normal. And that, by the way, is messed up. Yeah, and he's, like, using the lighting to, like accent like this like heightened reality or something like that and t- yeah timmy it's so little weird. timmy what are you doing with all these colors they're just popping it's like i don't <laughs> go to the movies to watch colors it's pop like, come on when i go to the suburbs do the suburbs look strange to me now <laughs> what's going on little timmy burt yeah come on i want i'm trying to see uh, some classic cinema and you're making my eyes go what's this <laughs> It is, like, the best use of his... Like, this and, like, Beetlejuice really do... It's, like, the macabre stuff Batman. for him is... It's... Ba- the his second Batman one is really, really so good. good. The second Batman is so good. Yeah. Uh, and, and like, Ed Wood is a great movie. Like, when he is, like... Uh, macabre tones are, like, entwined with the sub- suburb stuff. It's fantastic. When he doesn't do that, it's when his movies are just, like, trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like... All of his like two thousand stuff, where it's like he just kind of seems to have lost the thing. You know, it's a two thousand entry from Burton that I don't mind. I say Big Fish is not bad. Big Fish, Big Fish isn't bad, but that's one that I feel like he used his creative freedom more heavy handedly. Whereas like other, I think other movies, he, I mean, it's Alice in Wonderland. Oh my God, what's this guy smoking? He's just cashing in. He's just cashing in, dude. Yeah, he's just like, you know what? You got my name. I did Nightmare Before Christmas. Whatever I make, people are going to go watch. Mm-hmm. He did not make that movie. Well, what do you mean? It says it's his name's on it. He produced it, but he didn't direct Tim it. Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. It's his name. Yeah. All I'm saying. I, he didn't make it. Yeah, but it's his. His company. It's his. It. Whatever. Yeah, well, what? The apostrophe yeah, well, guess S what? denotes ownership. I, 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 
you want me to go? I can go get you a fucking DVD of Nightmare Before Christmas, hold it up and say Martin Keshebowski's Nightmare no, Before Christmas. No, no, Does that mean I made no, it? No, it would be Martin Keshebowski's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Check mate, baby. Also, Danny Elfman fucking carries Nightmare Before Christmas. And he carries, and, and, and segue, he carries Pee Wee's, baby. He did do this? Danny okay, Elfman is on fire in this movie. Yes. But yeah. The music is the so The music, good. Ro- when he's like knocking, when he's like knocking on the rich guy's door and it's like, It's amazing. The music yeah. in this movie is like, this is the peak for Danny Elfman, it feels like. Like, it's like, he's not going to get any better Elfman, than this. This is so good. He lives up to his last name because when I listen Go to this on. guy's scores, I'm like, he's not human. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way this guy's human. <laughs> He's I thought there was no elves. way you're going to make that make perfect sense, and then you did. <laughs> is So is Pee Wee Herman independently wealthy? Uh, I don't You know, don't need to worry about I, this. I don't, I'm just curious. Like Where does he get his money from? Like as a fictional fictional character? No, no, no. I mean, the yeah, the person in this movie. Is he like come from He's a He's an entrepreneur. Family? Okay, there we go. That's yeah. fine. That's all I'm looking for. You saw what he was uh, doing a lot of hard work in that movie by going to that novelty gift shop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, you saw Purchasing he eats things. three pieces of cereal a day. Like he, <laughs> his expenses are very low. That's true. That's true. I said that his house is Scott's dream house. Oh, thank Yo, you. Yes, be- you understand. Before we, before we dive in to, I mean, like we're already uh-huh. kind of knee deep, but yeah. Uh, let me just say. The stream of this movie that I was watching, the first eight minutes, I was like, I didn't, I, why is this in Italian? <laughs> <laughs> then you realize you're watching Bicycle Thieves. It was, okay, like, the reason it was so confusing was because. It's his father and his son? No, it was Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but the reason it was so confusing was because it used Paul Rubens like, huh? like all of those were his, <laughs> but then it was just like the dubbing of an Italian man for the actual, it's like, oh, what a weird intro. What but a it'd weird be choice. like, oh, cento, eh, like he, it would still be like, <laughs> so it'd be like, so hey, it pretty, huh? like, <laughs> Yeah, it was great. You sh- I highly recommend anyone watch the first eight minutes. Of that Italian movie. Pee-wee. Oh, that's pretty good. That's like Italian good, like Pee-wee's Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. How, I don't have a segue. There's no segue. But let's dive into this. Yeah. Into this okay. Great All right. Here's I got some notes on Pee-wee's. Actually, here's what I like yeah. about this movie. It's a crazy heightened reality. I just love the world of this movie. It's like. This movie takes place in Pee Wee's reality, like the like the narration is like from his point of view, and like there like a lot of things just like follow like kid logic. Like Pee Wee doesn't need to have a job, or like he has no like real responsibilities, and so it's just like mm-hmm. a very like carefree world that like Pee Wee inhabits, full of these like and and Pee Wee's not the only character in this world like i love that like all of the like background characters like you know their name and occupation and they do feel like these like sort of like i don't know like not three intentionally the- not three-dimensional but still like very like real characters like stopping they by are, though, in they- peewee's world but they all have full arcs like this movie that was the thing i was like most surprised by was that this and and this is like a road trip movie trope kind of thing where like you have supporting characters who have like full arcs but this movie really does follow through with like pretty much every supporting character gets like a payoff in some respect well, I guess, and that was like yeah, the, the biggest the, shock of this movie. the the I, I mean not to cut to the end but just like the very last scene where like he's going through the cast of characters at the at the drive-in it is like really satisfying to like get like one last yeah it it does feel like you're closing off like each person's arc they're all happy at the movies yes. like but it's just like I love that like when he like assembles like uh the people to look for uh his bike, it's not just like townspeople, it's like a bunch of like kid BMX bikers and like you know what I mean? Like every every person yes. is like a character. They have a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, Must have been a joy to make like the call sheets. Oh yeah, scheduling for this movie yeah. of just like, well, we're doing the BMX kids scene here, and then they're <laughs> gonna be in. So we want to shoot this with like the bike shop scene in between or something. Yeah. So unlike uh, unlike the Hungover Games, the plot to Pee Wee's Big Adventure very simple. Pee Wee gets his bike stolen, and he goes on a big, long adventure to go get yep. it back. Uh, he a fortune teller sort of swindles him and tells him that his bike is in the basement of the Alamo. Uh, so he goes on a big long road trip yep. to to the Alamo, only to find out the Alamo has no basement. Doesn't fool have a Pee-wee. basement. Oh my god, dude! What, yep. How embarrassing for him. Yeah, really, the bike is stolen by uh, uh, the rich boy Francis, and by boy, I mean forty-year-old man. <laughs> his that I like that his rival is also a man. Oh my god! Just like the whole—that's so Tim Burton. Like that part was like extremely, just like weird and dark and surreal. Yeah, and being in the mm-hmm. bathtub that was just a pool. But yeah. Like yes huge like rubber duckies and stuff yeah and he's just disgusting mm-hmm. like he's just yeah, like he's, there's just yes, something gross so, about so him like ter- yeah yes um loved it's it. like the penguin stuff in batman returns where it's just like over the top how fucking gross mm-hmm. it is yeah. like it's just so in love with how disgusting the ideas are yeah yeah it was fun it was a fun disgusting though Tim Burton <laughs> makes disgusting fun. He is the creepy crawlers yeah. of filmmaking. He nails it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. This movie, like, so as a spoof, it's it's not really much more than just the very bare plot device of a man gets his bike stolen, as far as, like, what it's making fun of in Bicycle Thieves. But, like, I don't know. I well, I was going to save this point for my tie-up at the end, but I think it's a fine point to make. I think it'd be worse if it was more of a specific spoof. It's a great concept for the plot for this movie to have him lose something that represents childhood specifically and setting him off on this journey. And the fact that the rest of the movie is more creative than just what can we riff on, it really benefits the movie that it's actually not, like beholden to anything and that it's beholden to just the world of the character which like scott said it's like so sound that's the thing that's like in tim burton's early movies and in i think the peewee universe quote unquote in general the world is always really fucking tight like everybody has the same level of camp they're not too campy but they're definitely in the realm of like playing it a little too over the top uh and it just works really well in this movie it's such a cohesive vision like it just feels like just it's that thing where like occasionally the right filmmaking team gets together and makes something that's just fucking nails it and just this movie is that i don't know what else to say well peewees is like our peewees playhouse the show is like an anomaly in Mm -hmm. itself because they just like it was like a weird time for culture and um them getting any sort of show on like I guess just getting reputable on the air was like impressive because like I don't think any producer believed in them as like a concept. It was just way too weird and art art housey and like there's no way it could work. And then it just did. It was like kind of what people wanted and they didn't know they wanted it. But it was just like, hey, some counterculture stuff. Cool. This is much more fun for like adults to watch. And like for stoners or whatever, yeah. I don't know. It 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 gets it like just gained a cult following so quick. So the fact that they got like a yeah. movie out of it, and that's like one of my, it's not a huge qualm, but just like them not having the sort of characters that I'm familiar with from Pee Wee's Playhouse in this movie. I, Ellie, the movie came first. Did it come first? Mm-hmm. No way. Yes, the movie came first. Yeah, well, that's wild. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, no wonder they didn't have Cherry in it. Yeah. This movie would be nuts if I, Cherry just walked out at the end. That would be yeah. crazy. <laughs> so this movie yeah. was just made like for no reason, essentially. It was like, like based on the character. No, because he had done the character. He is a he's a groundling. Oh, okay. He's from the Groundlings Improv yes. School. Yes. Yeah. So him and Hartman had both been like comics for a long time, and they had long done the character. And then Hartman obviously had been on SNL, I think, at this point. Uh, and so they had some clout going for them because the character was, like, well-known. Yeah, Pee-wee had some clout. 
And also, why wouldn't you make the movie? This script is fucking awesome. Like, I don't know. It's just like a really good idea for a movie. I'm just impressed. I'm impressed that, like, most... It usually evolves the other way around. It's usually TV into movies. Right. I always thought it was the other way around. I, I that was researching for this. I just like was like, oh my god, the timeline is the movie was first yeah. by like a long shot. And this like, doesn't seem low budget either. Like the movie doesn't no. feel low budget at all. Yeah, like the uh, all the set design stuff and the fact that the set design changes. Like they do the thing when before Pee Wee goes to like a mall before his bike gets stolen. He's like shopping and doing some stuff. He comes back to his bike and they do a thing where like everything he's seen before is now evil he, and so, he like, chains his like bike, dramatically he chains his but before he goes in he chains his bike to a big animatronic clown that looks all happy and jolly and when he comes back yes. uh and his bike is gone the, the clown is covered in chains and its face is <laughs> terrifying let yeah. me say i loved this movie when i was a kid uh to the point where like i knew like which parts to like cover my eyes for and that part <laughs> and Dude, Large Marge, Large Marge by today's standards is very tame, but I remember like mm-hmm. the long gap in between like watching this movie when I was like ten and then watching this movie when I was like twenty and like I knew the Large Marge part part was coming up and just how much anxiety I felt, like like, oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be so terrifying. And then I like, you know, realized yeah. It's 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 pretty tame, but when I was a kid, holy fuck! Like, because the, they really build it up. Like, yeah. oh my god, it's so scary. Right. Yeah, they're like every little uh, set piece thing in this movie is super, uh, just well done. And so I, I like it is like it doesn't feel low budget like at all. The they do the uh, the same goof that a goofy movie does, where they get tossed off of a cliff. This movie does it exactly how you should do it in the, like the biggest, most silly way where they're in like a convertible and it turns into like a parachute and this helps them land safely. That's how you do this gag, goofy movie. I think on, goofy movie. On top of that was like uh, him being like, wake up, we're falling to our death right now. <laughs> yes. So good. I like every part of this. They just they thought of what would be the funnest, most creative way we could do kind of a cliched thing like falling off the cliff or like him like getting on a, like a road truck or with large marge like it's just there's the movie just his, never stopped his, coming up with good his things. romance with uh the waitress where they're there's they're sitting in the giant uh dinosaur statues mouth mm-hmm. watching the sun guy and she's like i want to go to france it's just like so like and peewee all of a sudden uh becomes like super like suave and because <laughs> Simone she uh you know craves the attention of a emotionally available man because her brute of a husband yeah. like it's such a cliched like moment but just to see peewee in such an adult situation is yes. fucking hilarious yeah it is yeah hilarious. it's great yeah this movie rules the movie ends with uh, a famous actor kid gets the bicycle from Pee-wee somehow, and so Pee-wee has to infiltrate a movie set. And again, this movie does the thing that we have criticized on this podcast, which is like start referencing the movie industry or like uh, the movie ends with Pee-wee Herman getting his own movie within a movie being created about his life story. And that would be like grading in any other movie, but in this movie, it's so charming. Like Austin Powers uh, is the other yes. note. Like obviously came afterwards, and I do kind of like roll my. Or it's just, when you see, yes. it's way more charming in the Pee-wee version. Like because he goes through those sets, and they again they just come up with tons of fucking awesome gags based on Pee-wee Herman is riding a bicycle through a bunch of movie sets, and so the payoff of like he gets his own movie and all the characters gather to watch the movie at a drive-in, and then he he has a cameo works. and they change his voice to be like, "Hello, I'm Pee-wee Herman." Yes. <laughs> and then, yes. and he, he keeps, but he loves. He's it. so it's good tough. about like I love the way that he. He does a bit where he looks down the barrel of the camera, but he doesn't stare down the camera. He just glances, and it's, like, so yes. just, like, unprofessional. But, like, that's exactly how a kid would, like, to check if the camera is still pointed at them. Like, it's so fucking yes. funny. Right. No, it's just My good. favorite bit was the tequila bit where he gets out of a sticky situation by doing, like, a pretty lackluster dance <laughs> to tequila. But they all think it's fucking sick. 
They all think it's insane, yeah. and I love it. It's yeah. so funny to me. That's just a good gag. Or just, uh, seeing Pee Wee just in the, even though, like, again, like this, like, the, the biker, these bikers would be, like, so hack and, like, anything else. But just seeing, yes. seeing, uh, Pee Wee next to these, like, stereotypical tough guy bikers is so goddamn funny. Right, like, doing, like, a Hell's Angel thing is, like, so cliched, even at this point, but it's at, like, the 80s, but, like, yeah, it just fucking works perfectly. Yeah, there's something just, like, very, like, American, like, kitschiness is, like, captured so perfectly in this movie, and that's why I love it. Yes. Right, and that's, like, what a good road trip movie, I think, should do, is, like, if you're gonna do a road trip movie in Amer- set in America, you kind of have to embrace the fact that, like the whole most of the country is like driven on tourism and kitschy bullshit right like especially in like those like barren highway areas kind of thing um and this movie just does it just embraces it you know he goes to like sinclair's with the big fucking dinosaurs out front like i don't know it just like it's great yeah as a spoof seven out of ten <laughs> though it's not too specific a spoof of the kelly teams, score I think it's impossible. Yes, the Kelly score. <laughs> I can't rate it lower than a seven because of how just spoofy the character is, as Scott loves to say, or how novelty the movie is. Like, it's just, I, I can't imagine giving this like a failing grade as a spoof when like it is just so riding the line of like dabbling in reflexivity and parody that how can you consider this not a successful spoof, even though it's not really parodying anything specific? It's more just, like, a tone thing or, like, parodying the idea of childhood, I guess, right? And Which which is, like, what the character is, right? It's, like, parody of childhood, sort of. As a movie, 9 out of 10, at a super enjoyable time, I'm glad we did it for the podcast. As a spoof... 7 out of 10. <laughs> what a good rating. For all, all the reasons, yeah, Marty said, yeah, it's it's not exactly a spoof, but there's spoofy elements and there's sure as shit goofy elements. As a goof, yes. 11 out of 10. Uh, and as a movie, Whoa. fucking 10 out of 10. I love this movie. Uh, yep, the end. Kelly hit him. I give it a 7 out of 10 as a spoof because it was brought ah. to my attention that this movie is making fun of bicycle <laughs> and i give it a, a nine out of ten as a movie very enjoyable i always love a good like movie that's sort of like for kids but like adults can appreciate it too i think that's a tough line to walk and whenever a company or artist walks it i gotta give credit where credit's due it's one of my favorite sort of genres i guess so big fan good point scott Oh, yes. Do you have a novelty song to play us this week? Oh, baby. This one's... Get ready, folks. Uh, what's a political... What's like a... like a, what, Oh, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. We're taking a little trip down Washington <laughs> Avenue today, boys. Oh. Yeah. Pennsylvania Ave, fellas. Ooh, for Washington <clears throat> Lane. Yeah. <laughs> for Washington Lane. For the New York <clears throat> Four. Our other podcast. Edit this out. Podcast. <laughs> uh, we are talking about... I, I don't know if this is a song. or t- This is a novelty performance, I guess you'd say. Let me set the okay. scene for you. It is... The evening of Monday, October the 17th, in the, in the fall, the mid-fall, leading up to, what year was it? The 2016 election. Oh, which election was that? <laughs> it was like forever ago. The one in 2016, mm-hmm. the presidential election, dear boy, in November 8th it was. The candidates, Hillary Rodham Clinton that makes sense. and Donald J. Trump, a damn Cheeto. What? The host of Celebrity Apprentice? <laughs> Alas, it was. Uh, the 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 place was New York City, uh, and the event was a Broadway for Hillary Clinton campaign event. The people involved were 
Lin-Manuel Miranda and co-star Renee Elise Goldsberry. Mm. What these two have done <laughs> is a parody of the uh, song from the popular Broadway musical Hamilton. Uh, now, Marty, I know you're uh, a ham fan. <laughs> you're a lover of yes. the ham. I think it's an. I think it's a good musical. Yes. Well, you might be familiar with the uh, the tune the De- the Ten Dual Commandments. I am. Yes. Hamiltoni died in a, a very duel. You see. Hmm. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what uh, Lin Manuel Miranda and uh, Renee Goldsberry did was they took that little song and they made. Uh, a, a damn parody of it in in honor of Hillary, and uh, I'll shoot you the link now, and let's have a listen. You register to vote, and it's on. You post that Hillary sign up on your lawn. Number two, call some undecideds with your crew. Your cousins in Ohio, maybe try and flip them blue. Number three, watch Hillary examine the terrain. Watch a campaign with the man Tim Kaine. Ah, uh, Tim Kaine in the membrane. <sighs> okay, so I'm not saying that lost us the election, but uh, <laughs> it can't have helped. It can't have helped. Oh okay. my god! Let's, I mean, that's all I got. It's it's the floor is open for comments, gentlemen. I just have so many. I mean, I have a lot of problems with it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if you don't know this by now, I voted for Hillary in the 2016 election. I'll admit it. I didn't vote for her in the primary. But I'll admit I voted for her in the 2016 election. Who were they pandering to with this? Like, Broadway is already so blue. But, like, no, it doesn't help because I've never, like... Yes. Hamilton isn't, like... Well... Hamilton is, like, specifically for, like, 60-year-old white people. Like That's what I'm saying, yeah. It's like, who is is this pandering to? that's a demographic that does vote Republican. I don't think, know. Yes, don't it is, but incorrect. not when I mean, they are fans of Broadway. No, I. Yes. It's, I guess it's just like, uh, like yeah, like Hillary uh, voters, like or like yeah, like uh, your typical Hillary voter, and then a Hamilton fan. Venn diagram is just like a circle. Yes, it's just like I have problems with it because I imagine they got paid to do this, so that's. Maybe I, they did no, it out of the. I don't. That's not the problem. <laughs> yeah, I, think I have they, they a lot. It's that's not the main problem I have with it. I I feel like Hillary's campaign fell on its face like multiple times trying to get the youth excited about voting for exactly. Her. I mean, yeah, that's the way you get is. the youth excited about voting for them is treating them like fucking human beings and listening to their problems. No, it's for Hamilton is Bay, dude. Oh, and also, poke, I, you guys like uh, Fortnite? Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what would be a sick victory? Polls. A sick victory royale would be a vote for Biden. Am I right, boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where we drop in this November. <laughs> and this is something that plagues Democratic candidates in general is trying too hard to be youthful and rather than focusing on like what the what, nobody cares if you like make a bunch of fucking pop culture references which as the uh, host of a spoof movie podcast i feel like it's <laughs> fucking fair for me to say that that uh people don't really care about that shit they care about policy and uh yeah that's not why hillary hillary lost for a lot of reasons but she but, lost for a lot of reasons this is just one of the uh, most unrelated to her by the way i would say like i still say that like the country really showed its uh, its true nature with that election. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I denied that for a long time until the primaries, and then I saw how mm-hmm. garbage and misogynistic a lot of the country clearly yeah. is. Because Biden it's and Hillary ingrained. are identical in my mind. To like, <laughs> they're pretty yeah. similar. Yeah, Hillary was the most qualified person for that job. Like, I mean, yeah. like I I didn't vote for her in the primary either. But uh, if you just compare the two candidates based on that alone. Like she was the more qualified person for the job, but mm-hmm. uh, didn't get hired. Because... Wait, you're telling me? I mean, it's, more the people American didn't vote dream. than voted. Yeah, the man. Who... I mean, no one loved. Yeah, yeah. This the somehow did who... not activate the youth vote. Sorry, Kelly, go. 
the man who eats his steaks well done <laughs> the man with the goldenest of hair who appreciates the the ketchupy sauce on mm. a on a on a flank now, steak yeah he loves taking pictures of his food while he's giving a thumbs up to uh, <laughs> either the food or the camera we don't know you're telling me the man who has inherited most of his wealth from his father and the man who has had multiple businesses fail was not qualified for this position. Is that what you're trying to tell me right now, Marty? Because I'm struggling to believe. You know it. what? I'm. I feel very comfortable in saying Trump equals bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a damn Cheeto in the White House. I'm telling yeah. you, the orange buffoon. As yeah, I like to I, call it. You know what? I wish there was a real Cheeto in the White House because even <laughs> yeah. that would run. Chester would have handled this better. pandemic way better. <laughs> He would have lowered. Yeah, he would have <laughs> lowered his sunglasses and been like a surge in testing, baby. Yeah. We got to right. talk about the song. Let's talk about the song a little bit. I, I, okay, the worst part about the song is Tim Kane and the membrane. Yeah, of course. Tim Kane and the membrane is bad. It's very That's bad. the worst part. Very of the song. lazy. I hope you use. Yeah. I hope you use that clip specifically for the cast. Martin, I finally because, just got boy. Tim Kane out the membrane. <laughs> like, back in it. I think Hamilton is a good musical. I think uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, very creative guy, very capable at writing uh, melodies, right? Um, this is a real, real swing and a miss. And it's a cover of his own song, and he couldn't uh, come up with, like... It seems a little rushed, don't it? Yeah, like, probably they came up with this. Either, yeah, either they came, or either they asked him late, or he just, like, procrastinated <laughs> I well, because like he's in the middle that. of doing Hamilton. Well, like, he was on stage at the time. Right, because like, this know. was, Hamilton was, like, new also, you know, or uh, newer I think anyway. it, had on, it had been on stage for a year, I think, at this point. I think it debuted in 2015. But it's still, like, it was, like, really, it was, like, really starting to, it was, like, having its yes. moment in the zeitgeist, for sure. Yes. And, uh, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. The sad uh, thing we- is, Hamilton, Lin-Manuel wasn't even the hrc campaign's first choice they wanted uh trey stone and matt parker (laughs) but they they asked trey stone and matt parker to do it and they're like wait no those names are wrong and it's actually matt stone and trey parker and the letter got lost in the mail um, what's also annoying about this is that like it's like not really Poli- Honestly, like I feel like the the Hamilton musical is is not actually like very political in like a real sense. You know what I mean? Or it's like yeah. it's like the same way that like uh, uh, mm, it like could, references I mean, politics, but there's not a lot of like political like ideas in it. You, I mean, the it's very pro the economic policies of Alexander Hamilton, for example. That's a very political stance to take. Okay, help me. I mean, because like, I because I saw it and I didn't I didn't catch any the whole, policies. The whole second act of it is revolving around the fact that he's trying to create a uh, financial system that uh, where the states will help each other, right? Where like Virginia will, and that still exists today, right? Where like some of the wealthier states do pay into the federal government more than the poorer states. Which is always the funny thing because, like, the that tends to be the blue states tend to pay a lot more for all the like Western and Midwestern smaller states who can't. Oh. And so, like, the musical does like take a very strong stance of being for that, right? Like, it it very much is a pro federal government musical, I would argue. Yeah, because uh, Thomas Jefferson is portrayed as like the villain because he wants states' rights and stuff. Blah 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 blah. Um, I see. Okay, that's let me give you layman's and layman's terms. You go into the musical, all you know about Alexander Hamilton is that he's on the $10 bill. Mm-hmm. You come out of the musical, here's what you find out. He is on the $10 bill. Thomas Jefferson's black. Uh, <laughs> and also, he's a hardworking douchebag. Not Thomas Jefferson. Uh, well, he is too. Hamilton. But Hamilton is a hardworking doucher who cheats on his wife. That's mm-hmm. what I learned from it. And also, who let his son die. <laughs> but... Yeah. I think the one thing. I mean, thing they fudged that, a lot of details. In if all we, seriousness, if they, if they brought back dueling, what would it take for you to duel somebody? What would they have to do? 
They better not lay a finger on my butterfinger. <laughs> uh, uh, Kelly, I ask a serious question, and you have to joke around like that. If, if there was a Klondike bar, bar involved, I'm right to the dueling field. You know what, guys? Yeah. It's quiz time. <gasps> quiz time. Get ready, fellas. Oh, I was hopeful for a quiz. Well, you get your wish. We have a five-question quiz. I'm not doing any listicles or anything like that. Uh, uh, the, it's a mixed bag of Broadway, 2016 election, and, and, and Alexander Hamilton questions. Uh, oh boy, perfect. So, so, buzz in. Question one. What is the longest-running Broadway show? Is it A, Hamilton, B, Jesus Christ Superstar, or C, Phantom of the Opera? Buzz, buzz, buzz. Kelly. Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, Kelly got it. It's Phantom. (laughs) He did get a point I thought it was Cats. For Kelly. It was Cats until like 2006 or something like that. Yeah. Yep. Wicked, am I right, boys? <laughs> no, it's Phantom of the Opera. No, me, no, me getting a point. No, is it's Phantom of the I Opera. I love this. I love this. This is a this is a joke I can get. Uh, uh, question two: When, according to Hillary Clinton, was the last time she drove a car? Was it 2002, B 33 A.D., or C 1996? <laughs> buzz, 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 buzz. Uh, 96. He takes it. It was 1996. That's fuck that. Of course she didn't. Why would she? When did she well, say? She said this in 2015. 20. Uh huh. Yeah. Hold on though. That's not. She's once you're like a statesman like that. Yeah, that's not crazy that you don't drive. You're like not allowed to drive. Yeah, I pretty still much. Think yeah. Secret Service would never let her drive. Don't tell people that. Yeah. Don't say that. I mean, yeah, that was that's... part of her stump speech. She opened with that. When did Trump drive? Trump's probably never driven a fucking car. Trump does not have a license. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but he's not bragging about it. Trump doesn't like, know what a car Trump, is. They give him a play school wheel like Maggie Simpson. Why would we want... Why would we... Fuck roads. I don't use those. <laughs> <laughs> My driver just, uses them, but I don't. Oh, no, thank you. Question number three. Which famous newspaper did Alexander Hamilton found? Is it A, The Huffington Post? B, the New York Post, or C, the Daily Bugle. B. <laughs> Sorry, Marty. B. You got a buzz, buzz, Marty, buzz, buzz. 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 No, no. B. Now Marty gets it. This is bullshit. <laughs> I like the fake answers. <laughs> They're all. Well, I mean, Huffington Post also. It was founded by the person whose last name is Huffington. <laughs> yeah, Alexander Huffington. Huffington. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the musical is when they reveal Alexander Hamilton's name is actually Alexander Huffington. Yeah, he takes off that mask. Uh, number Bring four. Me pictures okay. of Alexander number Huffington. Four, and this is this is a two-parter. There are two available points, and this one uh, is going to take a little bit of explaining. <clears throat> According to a Cook political report study in two thousand in the. Uh, in the 2016 presidential election, Trump won 76% per- of counties with a blank restaurant and only 22% of counties with a blank grocery store. So in other words, he won 76% of counties with a what would be probably a conservative restaurant and only 22% of counties with what would be a not trump likened grocery store. Buzz. Buzz. I, I don't need them. Okay. I don't need mo- well, Buzz. Okay, I'll, I'll do one of them. You do the other one, Kelly. Sure. I'm going to uh, guess. All right. Gro- you do the. Con- no, I want the grocery store. <laughs> I, okay, we're gonna, Marty the- goes first, then Kelly, and then we'll alternate. I'll go Chick fil A for the fast food. Okay. Kelly? I go. Wait, am I doing the restaurant? You're do doing the- whatever you want. Whole Foods for the grocery store. <laughs> okay. Marty, you are. Incorrect. The restaurant is still on the table. Kelly, you are correct. Whole Foods is the grocery store. Damn. Trump won 22% of counties yeah. that had a Whole Foods. Is it uh, Waffle House? Incorrect. It is not Waffle House. Yeah. Kelly, is it your guess for the conservative restaurant. Cracker Barrel. Dear God, Kelly, you must have ran this study yourself. What? It's Cracker Barrel. <laughs> what? 
What? The wow. 54% gap is the widest ever recorded. When Bill Clinton was elected in 1992, it was 19%. When George Bush was elected in 2000, 31%. Barack Obama... It was 43%. So the gap ever widens between Cracker Barrel counties and Whole Foods Whole counties. Foods counties. so weird because Cracker Barrel is like everywhere. Like that's like every county, every county with a major city has. Don't no, fucking There's not one in Milwaukee. County. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're usually not yeah, downtown, are they? It's they're always in like the in the suburbs. Yeah, yeah. Trump, the, the burbs love the Trump. Yeah, have you it's ever true. been to Cracker Barrel in Times Square? I love going on those rocking chairs and just playing checkers while all the New York locals walk by. Am I right? So fun. Hey, can you get a slice of pizza over here? <laughs> I'm walking here. Hey, what's that rat doing with that pizza? <laughs> you guys remember Pizza Rat, of course. Question five. How many seats does a theater need to be an official Broadway theater? Now, mind you. It does not have to be on Broadway to be a Broadway theater. What makes it a Broadway theater is the seating capacity. There's like, I don't know, like 60-some Broadway theaters, but only like five or six on Broadway, give or take. So is it A, 300 seats, B, 3,000 seats, or C, 500 seats? 3,000. C, 500. (laughs) Marty, this quiz was written except for the last question for you. You get it at the C five hundred. Yeah, three thousand seats is like a. That's like crazy. It's like Carnegie Hall. Yeah, yeah, that's like it's a, a, that's a like Lambeau Marcus Field. No, Madison that's like Square Garden. It's a Big Apple. Uh, I've never that's been like 15. there. Three thousand is like um, hmm, the amphitheater, Summerfest grounds amphitheater. Maybe it's like three thousand. Okay, for this capacity? is good for. Know. Uh, I think of uh, all I think of is things in uh, how many. We need many... to think of one venue in every city that's I'm trying... three thousand oh, seats. How many I'm, fish burgers can you fit? How many people can you fit in the fish burgers? <laughs> not enough. Not enough people. And that's and that's what I'm here to talk about today. Is there's not enough? There's not enough space there. No. Uh, what's the Hollywood Hollywood Bowl? Hollywood Bowl is my is my national reference for everybody. Or like Red Rocks, right? That's got like three thousand people. That's a big one. Yeah. And the acoustics. Don't even get me started. Oh, my gosh. Oh my the gosh. sound of that Colorado plateau. Oh, my God. You, you can't get anything better than that. Folk music in, the, in Colorado? You can't I saw that. pretty lights at Red Rocks, and the Wub Wubs were incredible. They were bouncing <laughs> off the, the very rocks a, around me. For each Wub, it felt like three different Wubs hit me <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Oh, I think Marty okay. wins. That's going to do it for this it. segment. I think we tied. I'm pretty sure we tied because I got the two point. <sighs> Whatever. I won that one. You I'm know sure what, Kelly? How about you show me a novelty product to make up for this? I will. It's right here on my desk. It's been sitting here since the last time we recorded. And I got to take my headphones off for a second and put it on. Okay. He's holding something. I can't tell what it is yet. Huh? What is it? What is it's that, It's a Kelly? sleep mask. But what's on it? Oh, I don't know. A winking eye or an, an eye and a... Come closer, dear boy. Yeah, lean, in, lean into Let your, us your see your very yeah. face. It says... It's a, a sleep mask with eyes drawn on it that say sweet dreams above it. For the eyebrows? Yes. They're tattooed yes. onto the eyes of this mask. It's like the Joker. Like, it's, it's like, like Jared Leto's The Joker. <laughs> you know what? I've used this mask quite a few times when I'm hungover mm. or when I'm feeling sleepy in the middle of the day. Oh my god, what a diva. It's It works. It blocks out the sun. Do you wear your puffy pink bathrobe and your bunny slippers and a towel wrapped around your head and guacamole on your face and cucumbers over your eyes? No, that sounds lovely, but no. Usually I'm just in like t-shirt and boxers or something you know i have a friend who has an opinion on on uh on the sleep mask and he he really would love to he's just outside the door i can just go get him no i don't want to hear tech six opinion on this bullshit oh no not him no no another friend i don't want to hear kermit's opinion on this either i don't marty what's your opinion on the sleep mask Oh, boy. You know what, Kelly? It looks like a dream. A dream over my eyes, a dream 
on the podcast, a dream in this video chat that I'm looking at of you. It's just, boy, three dreams makes a wish. That's what I like to say. All I'm saying is that don't knock it till you try it. If you're if you gotta go to sleep at an unreasonable hour and you don't have blackout curtains or you're on a plane or something, it's kind of nice to have. Not gonna lie, it does work. Blocking out the light, make it dark, make it sleep. <laughs> you know what I do? I just turn off my lights. Done. Yeah, you can use it as a. Hey, you know, I my a, eyes. It's funny. My eyes come with sort of like a built-on sleep mask, one for each eye, and they're like these sort of like lids attached. Oh, know. you. Oh, you're yeah. one of those people with thick eyelids, I guess, huh? Yeah. With hold on. Let me, let, me, let me lower one of my eyelids. Oh, <laughs> Scott, you gotta oil your eyelids. Hold on. Let me let me lower my other eyelid. Those steel door eyelids. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what Scott, a you're one of those Kelly. you're one of those dumbos who thinks that oh i can close my eyes in a very well lit room and it doesn't affect me you the light still goes through your thin skinned eyelids i guarantee it i promise <laughs> you that wait are you the owner of eyelids warehouse <laughs> i'm just trying to sell you guys on this on this new invention called a sleep mask oh are you the owner of sleep mask warehouse yeah it's called My Sleep Mask. It goes with your My Pillow. Yeah. And we're paying for ads on Fox News as we speak. Hell yeah. And we are a part of the uh, business task force that will handle Corona. Yes. Can I uh, open can I give you a slogan for your company, Kelly? Yeah. Sleep Mask Warehouse. You'll like the way you don't look. I <laughs> guarantee <Ooh. it's- laughs> Marty. And with I that, I did, turn off my video chat. No. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think you, you had it in you, but you did. Oh, no. Did I disconnect? Did my joke no, disconnect here. me from you guys? You're here. Where's I Marty? Like I can't us. see him. Oh, no. Keep rolling. I can't hear him. I think Marty Oh, I think he legitimately... He couldn't hear he us. He unplugged his headphones. Yeah, he unplugged his headphones. <laughs> you have. We all have the same headphones, and when you move too much, it gets unplugged. Yeah, what a fool! And you can't hear anything. Point, point you to your headphones. Confused. Maybe he. Well, it's about that time. Yeah, Sorry, Jesus. Marty, but we're gonna go ahead and wrap <laughs> yeah, the podcast up. Oh, I love it. It feels so weird not having him here. Uh, as always, we are the premier podcast about dumb shit. And we just start. We want to sit here and thank you for listening. Yeah, I mean, I get, let's take this one last. Set. What do you want to say while Marty's gone that you've always wanted well, to say gone. on the podcast? I want him to cut this out, um, <laughs> and he's not going to. I want. I don't know. What would you say if Marty wasn't here? Um. Ah, shit. Oh. He's back. Damn, he's back. <laughs> Marty, did you uh, unplug your headphones? I don't know. No, I don't know. I just. I made that great joke and then it just booted me from Discord. Yeah. They, you they were, still they were trying to give you it was trying to tell you to go out on a high note, but you didn't take that <laughs> hint. I didn't take that, no. Yeah, now we're on this low note and we have to thank people for listening and tell them we appreciate it. Hey, thanks for listening. Next week we're reviewing Lost in Translation. <laughs> no. <sighs> Alright, goodbye. Good night and good luck.